welcome back everybody to the Wednesday edition of the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful. I sure am doing much better today than I was yesterday. <laughs> Lots of big news. I know you guys know exactly where we're starting, so let's dive in. Raphael Warnock, incumbent Democratic senator, has defeated Herschel Walker in yes. the Georgia runoff senatorial election. And that is a win for Georgia. That is a win for America. Very good news. I want to get to Herschel Walker's very distraught and confused and sort of incoherent response to this, where I guess he sort of conceded. He accepts that he lost, but in a very bizarre way. First, though, here's the results where they stand now. Um, Raphael Warnock coming through with 51.35% of the vote and Herschel Walker with 48.65% of the vote. And it'll change... Um, in tiny little ways, but of course it is 100% of the precincts reporting, so that's about it. And um, it is a little bit sad that that's a very close race with mm. someone like Herschel Walker in any reasonable world should have gotten defeated um, in a magnificent fashion, but he lost and that's at the end of the day the outcome we were looking for. Hold just a little longer for those Herschel Walker clips. First, let's give the man who won this a chance to uh, speak on it as he did last night in his victory speech it is my honor to utter the four most powerful words ever spoken in a democracy the people have spoken the people have spoken indeed and one of the reasons why these races sometimes will be so close is the efforts that Republicans make and the investments that they make in voter suppression. It's just a reality that we deal with every single day. And that's something that Raphael Warnock highlighted, as you'll see here, saying, listen, just because we won, just because so many people came out to vote, that doesn't mean they didn't have to overcome obstacles that really shouldn't be there. There are those who would look at the outcome of this race and say that there's no voter suppression in Georgia. Let me be clear. Just because people endured long lines that wrapped around buildings, some blocks long, just because they endured the rain and the cold and all kinds of tricks in order to vote, doesn't mean that voter suppression does not exist. It simply means that you, the people, have decided that your voices will not be silenced. 100%. And that is a feat in Georgia to get that many people out to vote despite the efforts that have been made by the Republican Party there. Okay, here's Herschel Walker once he finally came out. It was strange for a very long time. There was just an empty podium, but finally he did come out. <laughs> and give his uh, response. And like I said before, I guess a concession. He says the numbers doesn't look like they're gonna add up. Um, take a look. We've had a tough journey, have we not? But one of the things I said is they, when they called the race, I said the numbers doesn't look like they're gonna add up. But one of the things I wanna tell all of you is you never stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop dreaming. I don't want any of you to stop believing in America. I want you to believe in America and continue to believe in the Constitution and believe in our elected officials most of all. Continue to pray for them because all the prayers you've given me, 
I felt those prayers. I want to thank all my team as well, Team Herschel, because they put up with a lot. I want to thank Team Herschel. Thank all my donors as well, because you guys, without you, I couldn't have done what I've done. So I want to thank all of you as well, because there's no excuses in life. And I'm not going to make any excuses now, because we put up one heck of a fight. Indeed, the numbers did not add up, and uh, I'm happy that they didn't in his favor. Also, <laughs> I'm in line and also believe in the thought of don't stop dreaming, but I'll say I'll make an exception. If you're dreaming of running for Senate and you're someone as deeply unqualified and incapable of filling that type of role as mm. Herschel Walker is, mm. stop dreaming. Stop dreaming that dream. <laughs> okay. That's my statement stop. to the world You're on not that allowed. one. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then here's him framing it as if he's sort of a winner somehow. Hey, I'm a winner. Hey, we're all winners. So we're all winners. And that's what I want to say. We're all winners. And I want to say, God is a good God. God bless you guys. Hey, I'm a wasn't it the Republican Party that was obsessing with how horrible participation trophies are? Because <laughs> right there, it seems like trying to not accept the fact that indeed he is a loser when it comes to this election. Last thing on this, his son weighed in and said, don't beat women, hold guns to people's heads, fund abortions that pretend you're pro-life, stalk cheerleaders, leave your multiple minor children alone to chase more fame, lie, lie, lie say stupid crap and make a fool of your family and then maybe you can win a senate seat so just eviscerating his father there in an accurate fashion trump responded on true social i can't follow his true social any more than just to give you a little sense of his take and this was one of his truths in all caps our country is in big trouble what a mess so He's not going to accept the fact that Herschel Walker's loss is another example of the role he's played in a negative direction in these races and could never accept that maybe if he hadn't put his finger on the scale and gotten Herschel Walker to be the nominee, the Republican Party may have done better in Georgia than they ended up uh, doing. Very interesting. This graphic that was posted by alan smith on twitter just really kind of uh or not even graphic just a breakdown shows you how bad of a streak trump had with these races take a look at this um with walker's defeat tonight trump's final record in these races is two to 14 and by these races he mean, means swing states that biden won so when trump weighed in on a race that was tough that was a swing um election that could go any direction but needed a boost to overcome a previously Biden uh, one state, it did not go well. Two to 14, 14 losses uh, and two wins. And the breakdowns are there. Of course, a lot of the highlights we've talked about, Lake, Mastriano, Dixon, Masters, Oz, Laxalt, all of those things, just not great for Trump. And I think overall, Herschel Walker is kind of the cherry on top of the message we can now understand should be taken away or should be perpetuated going forward in regard to this midterm, which is the American people are not on board, at least any longer. I don't think they really ever were, were even though Trump barely skirted it by the first time. 
with Trumpism, with MAGA, especially in the new era where to be MAGA, you have to deny elections pretty much. Hmm. And broadly, America's just not on board with that. And so understanding that that's a huge takeaway from this midterm uh, election is important for what that means for the Republican Party going forward. Because either, as we were kind of talking about last night on the live stream uh, covering the election results coming in, either the Republican Party will continue to lean into the more radical MAGA election denier type ideology and keep losing, which very may well happen because it's going to be hard to get the Marjorie Taylor Greens out of the party and hard to get Trump to go away. And so it may just cause the Republican Party to be much weaker for years to come, which I won't mind. Or they'll make some effort to completely oust that out of their party so that they can build a coalition that could actually win more of these elections. But either way it goes, it's going to be fascinating to watch and we'll be there uh, every step of the way. Marjorie Taylor Greene responded to Herschel Walker's loss in Georgia. And <laughs> you'll never believe what she thought the real takeaway should be. They should have involved her more in the Herschel Walker race. They didn't ask her to campaign enough for Herschel Walker. And that is why he lost. Take a look. Well, let me lay this out real clear for everyone to understand. And this is especially for the campaign consultants with the 30,000 foot view where they look down on Georgia and arrogantly think they know how to win races in our state. This is for Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham and the rest of the Republican senators. You guys are the reasons why we are losing Republican races all over the country. And this is your third loss in my home state. So let me inform you on behalf of Georgia. This is your third strike and you're out. You don't belong in our state running key races anymore. No, thank you. We don't want your help. Let me let you know something, Steve. I was never asked very often by the Herschel Walker campaign to come. We'll let it finish, but I was never asked very often. That's not a very coherent statement. <laughs> so you were asked. It's either I was asked not that not. often or I was never asked at all. Okay. speak at any of his campaign events they only asked me to come to maybe two i think two or three in my own district when he was campaigning um all over the state running for senate but they only asked me a couple of times in my own district which i find extremely insulting maybe marjorie it's because they saw that just like how they didn't want trump campaigning for herschel walker the MAGA extremism is not that popular, especially in states where the way you were going to get Herschel Walker over the finish line was to get some percentage of the more moderate uh, Republican slash moderate um, independent vote to go in his direction. And that's not going to happen if you're branded as the Marjorie Taylor Greene candidate. And so they don't want to attach you to him. But this, again, is what we're seeing from some people like Carrie Lake, Marjorie Taylor Greene, etc., who obviously because it's their entire brand can't accept that the midterms were a repudiation of their type of ideology instead it's a weird no the reason why we did poorly is because we didn't lean in enough to the maga extremism which is quite inaccurate here's another moment from the same interview that was strange as far as her takeaways from this election go 
this is not President Trump's fault at all. This is this is Mitch McConnell's fault. This is Lindsey Graham's fault. This is the way that campaign was run. You know, there's things happen. They they did things that they shouldn't have done. I'm not blaming Herschel Walker. I'm blaming the campaign team. You know, um, they were invited by bikers for Trump to do this big ride in North Georgia that was going to be a toy drive for kids' cancer, and they didn't have Herschel Walker out there. And Chris Cox called them, invited invited mm. him, and wanted him there, and begged him to come. But he didn't show up. You know, if you want to have a good turnout, you work with the grass, the grassroots and Bikers for Trump is one of the best organization that organizations that helps you turn out voters. You should never turn your back on Bikers for Trump. But that's what they did. I mean, you don't get any more precise than that. Herschel Walker could have won this race if he had just aligned himself with Bikers for Trump, <laughs> the most uh, significant grassroots organization mm. out there. <laughs> Lord have mercy. And finally, just expressing how unhappy she is with this whole affair. This is the message that people in Washington need to understand. This is the message for the know-it-all Republican consultants. You don't know how to run races in Georgia. All you know how to do is lose. And we are very angry today. We're extremely angry today. Georgia is not a blue state. We're not a purple state. We're a red state. We just need the right candidates. We need the right campaigns. And we need the right support. And it needs to be Georgia all the way homegrown that's exactly how it needs to be so mitch mcconnell and the senators up here in washington they're the problem in the republican party and the way they legislate the way they vote and the messaging that they give it does not inspire voters to vote it doesn't even turn independence and that's the problem that we have up here in the senate hmm so she has somehow managed to frame an election where the candidate was hand-picked by Donald Trump, was supported. The reason why he won the primary, at least in part, was because of Donald Trump's support and his endorsement. And then that is an example of the more establishment Republicans being bad for the Republican Party because that candidate lost. It doesn't make any sense because even the establishment was trying to help Herschel Walker win despite recognizing how bad of a candidate he was. Now, I have no love for the establishment Republican Party either, but just pure analysis and uh, understanding of this race, you know this is another example, another backlash to the Trumpism, to the election denialism, um, that Herschel Walker aligned himself, not as much as some other candidates did, but enough, plus... It's Herschel Walker, so I don't know, <laughs> despite, <laughs> I mean, regardless of who he aligned himself with, I don't know if he could have mm. won that, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, very off as usual. The Trump Organization has been uh, convicted of multiple tax fraud crimes. Take a look at this. A Manhattan jury has found former President Donald Trump's namesake, real estate company guilty of criminal tax fraud three weeks after Trump announced a third presidential run. The jury found the two entities of the Trump organization guilty as charged on all counts, including scheme to defraud, conspiracy, criminal tax fraud, and falsifying business records. And it's 17 um, counts there. Wow. The two entities, the Trump Corporation, the Trump Payroll Corporation, were accused of paying the personal expenses of some executives without reporting them as income and of compensating them as independent contractors instead of a full-time employees. 
The felony convictions carry fines totaling up to $1.7 million, but the collateral consequences may be more significant to Trump, who is seeking a second term in the White House. Banks could call in loans and business partners and uh, could cancel contracts if their internal policies prevent them from doing business uh, with felons. So the Trump organization is now a felon in legal terms, and that's kind of what it's <laughs> highlighting there. And... Uh, final part of this article I want to read. The trial also revealed potentially embarrassing details about Trump, including that he reported nearly $1 billion in operating losses over a two-year period in 2009 and 2010, as well as losses each year for the decade between 2009 and 2018. Some of the same years Trump was touting his business acumen on reality television and as he was campaigning for president. So what that highlights is what we are increasingly aware of, which is the rich billionaire aesthetic that Trump put out in the world wasn't quite accurate. And now that the House Ways and Means Committee has his tax um, records, hopefully soon we'll get to see what exactly he's been hiding. And one of the elements of that being speculated that's in there is he's much less of a wealthy person than he purports to be. Um, because what? <laughs> your be reaction was really funny. interesting. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's long been reported, as you saw there, that there were many years when he wasn't doing so hot and yeah. kind of squirming as far as finances go. But what's really fascinating about this is it also sets Trump up in the New York investigation and trial that's coming up to possibly be in even hotter water because it's so hard to imagine a world where his organization is able to be convicted on all these counts, but him as the top dog of that organization had nothing to do with anything. Mm very unlikely in my opinion but of course so often you see all the lower level people get convicted and held accountable this is alan weisselberg is the one individual in this case that's getting held accountable but then the actual person who runs the organization doesn't which is really irritating but here's this being discussed on msnbc guilty on all counts we have a verdict it is guilty on all 17 counts uh, just in moments ago after about 10 hours of deliberations and you're right Hallie this is a case against the Trump Corporation two entities of the Trump Corporation there were no named individuals former President Donald Trump was not named but certainly this this is his family company this is his livelihood this is his business this is his reputation this is all things Donald Trump, except him being named as a defendant in this case, you might say. And the jury decided that they were guilty. The Trump organization was guilty of a, what the prosecution described as a culture of tax fraud and business record manipulation that stretched some 15 years. Guilty on all counts. Yep. And something very rare is happening in the grand scheme of covering these types of stories, which is we're getting closer and closer to someone very wealthy, very powerful being held accountable, which isn't as common as it should be, but maybe we'll see it uh, soon. Sean Hannity is probably feeling very embarrassed today after Herschel Walker's loss in Georgia to Raphael Warnock because Sean Hannity made it known that he wanted Herschel Walker to run so bad in the build-up to this election before Herschel Walker had even announced. And then, once he had, made that clear to everyone. I'm the guy who loved Herschel Walker from the beginning and thinks so highly of him, and he's such an incredible candidate. Here's a montage put, 
put together by Media Matters, uh, just kind of setting him up perfectly to be so embarrassed today. Herschel Walker for Senate. I like the ring of that. Will you help me draft Herschel Walker to run for Senate down in Georgia? Because I happen to be very fond of him. Herschel, I'm kind of hoping you might consider running for high office in Georgia. Do we want him to run for governor or for senator? Do I hear Georgia's on your mind? Now the crop of 2022 Republican candidates just got a lot stronger tonight as football legend Herschel Walker announced that he's jumping into the Georgia GOP Senate primary. Herschel's enthusiasm in the state of Georgia seems to be through the roof. People of Georgia, it's in your hands. Your country needs you. Game time in Georgia. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Lindsey Graham are live in Georgia. This man will change the Republican Party. TeamHerschel.com. 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 TeamHerschel. Help Herschel. TeamHerschel. TeamHerschel.com. 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 You've never lost an overtime game in your life, have you? Hopefully soon to be senator-elect. I believe you win hands down. Herschel Walker, congratulations. So the other person that was highlighted in that video was Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham, if you remember, probably also isn't feeling so good today. Because look, <laughs> you remember this moment? They have treated him like crap. His family stand by Herschel tonight. If you can give, give. If you know somebody that can give, ask them to do it. Team, they have. He started tearing up. Lindsay, come on. <laughs> the thing about Lindsay is you can't believe anything he says because he's a chameleon. He's morphed <laughs> into so many different uh, stances and alleged sets of principles just to fit whatever the political moment is. He was so against Trump and then Trump won the nomination. And now he loves Trump. And then he said, oh, I'm done with that. Enough is enough. And then realized <laughs> that the Republican Party wasn't done with Trump and went back to Trump. It's just... You know he doesn't actually care. Now, I'm impressed that he's able to get himself to fake cry like that. That was pretty <laughs> impressive. Or maybe he's just thinking about how sad it is that he keeps having to uh, do this for people, lick the boots of people that he doesn't actually like or support. Who knows? But it is fascinating because it almost was one of the largest political gaslighting campaigns you'd seen in a very long time where people like Sean Hannity tried to stare in your eyes and pretend as if you were the crazy one for thinking Herschel Walker was a complete joke of a candidate. Mm. And it was like, no, Herschel, come on. He's so impressive. What are you doing? <laughs> are we talking about the same Herschel Walker? He's impressive. Come He's going to win. That's our guy. Yeah, exactly. When any person with eyes and ears could tell that Herschel Walker should not be a senator. <laughs> and Lindsey Graham doing a similar thing. And then all of these individuals trying to frame it as, oh, it's this left-wing hatred for, I don't know, black Republicans was one of the things uh, Lindsey Graham insisted on time and time again. And whatever the argument was, it purposely tried to ignore and make you feel incorrect for recognizing the deep and profound flaws with Herschel Walker and his campaign. And so today is a good day of just relief and enjoyment. I don't like enjoying <laughs> the uh losses of other people it feels a little weird but i do though <laughs> <laughs> i was about to say <laughs> but at the very same time i really like it when it's herschel walker <laughs> when yes it's walker, and when it's sean hannity uh, inevitably going on his show tonight and frame this not as um the way that it is is going to be very very fun to watch laura ingram 
another Fox News host, is very upset. She's PO'd about this whole thing. And once again, tries to blame not Herschel Walker, not Trump who handpicked Herschel Walker, but instead the Republican establishment or something like that. Hemingway and, of course, uh, Kellyanne Conway. Molly, you and I talked about this about a week ago. We felt this coming. To me, it never felt like the Senate Republicans wanted this guy in office. He was a Trump pick. They didn't like that. They probably like him as a person, Herschel as a person. But there wasn't the intensity on the part of the Republicans as there was on the part of the Democrats. I felt it. You felt it. But we don't change anything. We have the same people in place in leadership, same people in place apparently at the RNC. That's not perhaps that's not changing. We just keep doing the same thing over and over again. I I'm pissed tonight, frankly. Go ahead. Yeah, it's really offensive. I'm for, mad. For Republican voters, for Republican donors who have put so much into having some wins, and they just see kind of failure across the board. There aren't people who are working on early voting or banking ballots. There's no clear messaging. I mean, you look at what happened since the midterm elections, where you had a Senate that basically responded to those disappointing midterm losses by doing nothing other than sabotaging their own base. What is the case for voting Republican for the Senate after these midterms? I don't think one was even attempted to be made. And yeah, nothing seems to be changing. But you didn't see a lot of enthusiasm down there. Of course, the spending was completely... Three to I mean, one. It was, yeah, it was just... Look at how close it was, though. I mean, I'm, in the end, oh, yeah. what did we say? This was winnable, Kellyanne. I know you don't it's want any winnable. change. You, you want Ronna McDaniel? All right. Uh, we will stop it there. But I don't get why you would purposely set up a situation where you'll continue to shoot yourself in the foot by ignoring what's obvious about this campaign and others. What The factor that's common in, in multiple, and then we'll get to what's Herschel Walker specific, is the Trump alignment. Trump handpicked him, similar to other races, and it just has not gone well. And they'll ignore that, um, some of these commentators, while more and more are finally recognizing that. But then on the specific to Herschel Walker side, why not be honest for one second, Laura Ingram, and recognize he can't explain a single policy issue that he stands <laughs> for or uh, put out a message that is impactful in any way because you don't even know what he's trying to say. And so he's not a qualified candidate. The only reason why he was ran is because, or why he was run, is because Herschel Walker is a common name from Georgia football. Really? That's our, that's the platform hey you remember i used to run with a leather ball <laughs> i can now be a legislator for some reason it doesn't make any sense why you would purposely ignore the real reason that herschel walker lost and blame some other thing now i'm sure if the senate republicans if mitch mcconnell had leaned more into this race it could have helped but what could have helped way more is if you put up someone competent, if you put up someone mm. who wasn't a complete mess, setting aside his difficulties on every single policy issue and understanding and communicating about them, just his personal life is a complete wreck. He clearly has extremely low character, says he's pro-life, which I disagree with, but if you're gonna say that, then learning that you pressured a woman and encouraged another woman to get abortions proves you to be a huge hypocrite. Mm. Then your son comes out talking about how horrible and abusive of a father you were. Women come out talking about their abuse stories with you and on and on and on. 
That is why he was a bad candidate. Not because, oh, Mitch McConnell didn't like him enough. Please. It's so aggravating. But you know what? Don't learn any lessons and keep losing. That would be fun to watch for me. <laughs> so go ahead. Carrie Lake is very upset with something that Biden said recently, as is much of the right wing. And I'm going to show you that clip. She calls him disgusting and it's just horrible. Um, but first, here's kind of the context. So Peter Ducey, son of Steve Ducey on Fox News, asked Biden as he was walking towards his helicopter or something, why haven't you visited the border? And Biden said, quote, because there's more important things going on. And this just caused an explosion. How dare he? This has to be the most important issue out of his mouth all the time. And he should visit every <laughs> single day. And the White House should be set up on the border. No. Um, but it is a little bit silly, as I talked about before. We should care about the policies that are pushed for by the administration, not how often they visit the place that the policies affect. Because sometimes simply getting your eyes on it doesn't do anything to heighten your understanding of the situation because especially with something like the border the border is just the part where it becomes present to us but what causes any issues you would um, care about in relation to it are so much more vast and complex mm. than actually the line there that's being upheld that is being upheld even though they pretend that it's completely <laughs> open but uh we'll get to the carry lake moment and but before here's uh biden getting asked that question the border because there's a more important thing going on. They're going to invest billions of dollars in a new enterprise. Okay, so that little moment sparked so much out outrage. And I do think, don't ever say because it's not, uh, or because there's more important issues, because that issue, whoever puts it as number one on the list will be so offended instantly, so you might as well just ignore um, or avoid saying that. But I don't understand the outrage because you can also recognize there's a lot going on for the president. Maybe visiting the border isn't necessarily um, in his weekly schedule. But here's <laughs> Carrie Lake's response. He pulled back every single plan that President Trump put in place. The policy has not been that different. Uh, a few key things, namely, but this has already been stopped before, but he's not separating children from their families. That's good. But besides that, there's just not a huge difference in border policy between Biden's administration and Trump's. And so the framing of everything has changed and that's why it's terrible and horrible is just dishonest. He stopped the construction of the border wall and he basically, with a wink and a nod, told the world, come on open or come on over, we're open for business. Right. And he created the problem. But I am appalled that he would say that. You, you look into the eyes of a mother who's lost a 19-year-old son or a 20-year-old daughter to fentanyl poisoning and you tell them what happens on the border doesn't matter this man is is i'm sorry he's disgusting and i can't even believe he had the gall to come to arizona after creating this crisis here without even acknowledging it he pulled back so carrie lake is the disgusting one because as we've talked about before she's a part of the cohort of the right that tries to connect immigration to fentanyl and what she did there was an emotional plea to a heartbreaking story that is a very real experience of too many Americans, of, mm. um, a loved one dying of fentanyl poisoning. But they try to connect that to the myth they have of open borders and saying that all these illegal immigrants <laughs> are bringing in fentanyl. And the truth, as we discussed previously in relation to Marjorie Taylor Greene, is completely 
against their narrative because it's legal citizens and legal ports of entry where this fentanyl is getting across. And they purposefully ignore that. They purposefully don't actually want to address the issue. They are actively trying to not solve the problem of fentanyl. They're actively trying to not because what's more important to them is demonizing immigrants, is making them seem like the other because fear drives voters. It drives a movement like theirs. And so they ignore the issue of fentanyl, but use it, the actual addressing of that issue, but instead use it as a way to fearmonger about the border. And of course, they're not saying the border is bad because the legal ports of entry aren't being managed well enough. All they ever circle it back to or connect it back to is undocumented immigration. And so it's one of the most dishonest things in politics as of late, and it's so aggravating mm. to watch every single day. But good border policy is important. I just want to see that, regardless of how often the president visits um, the border. And what I want is people who actually want to solve issues and actually want to address how we could enhance and improve our legal immigration process so less people are attempting to come across um, in an undocumented manner and actually address these issues, but they're not interested in that. Because then, oh, we wouldn't be able to fearmonger and hate immigrants. Mm. No fun in that. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow.